Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to the second half of the first semester of Intro to Wakandan Studies, or as I like to call it, The Road to Wakanda. This is a carefree black nerd classroom in which The Road to Wakanda is intended to introduce students to the content and contours of Wakandan studies, including its genealogy, development, and future challenges. I am your professor, Rain Coleman, and in this session we will be studying colonization and Wakanda. What breeds it and where does it come from? How do we interact as Wakandans to colonization within our borders and colonization to others outside of our borders? How can I help you? I'm just checking out these artifacts. You tell me you're the expert. Uh, you could say that. They're beautiful. Where's this one from? The Bobo Ashanti tribe. Present-day Ghana, 19th century. For real? And what about this one? That one's from the Edo people of Benin, 16th century. Now, tell me about this one. Also from Benin, 7th century, in Fula tribe, I believe. Nah. I beg your pardon. It was taken by British soldiers in Benin, but it's from Wakanda, and it's made out of vibranium. <laughs> Don't trip. I'm gonna take it off your hands for you. These items aren't for sale. How do you think your ancestors got these? You think they paid a fair price? Or did they take it like they took everything else? Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You got all this security in here watching me ever since I walked in, <clears throat> but you ain't checking for what you put in your body. All right, mate. That's not it. Come on, mate. Time. I think she might not be feeling too good. Hey, hey, somebody get some help. Come here. Call a doctor, please. Hey, please, somebody can help. Now, for those of you studying abroad and at home, be sure to use the hashtag RTWPod when listening to this session, as live tweeting will be 50% of your grade. <laughs> now, uh, turn to Chapter 8 in your Wakandan Studies text for information on colonization. And uh, today we will be joined by a special guest, and that is special guest Alexis Cook-Graham. She'll be discussing, going a little bit more in-depth as to the psychology of, say, Killmonger, uh, Wakandan children and colonization, and just, in general, how we as Wakandans deal with the outside world. So thank you all. Buckle up. Uh, open your books. Take out your tablets. Get ready to write notes. And um, I'll see you guys after class. All right, folks, today we have an amazing guest. We're going to be going over a bit of uh, Black Panther. We're still in that Black Panther wave. And uh, I'm very, very happy to have this amazing, amazing special guest today. Guess why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the people? <laughs> Hi, this is Alexis Cook Graham with Black Mental Project. I'm Black Mental Project on Instagram. Um, I am not located on Facebook or Twitter, so you can only find me on Instagram. That's my handle, Black Mental Project, and it's BLK Mental Project. Good deal, good deal. And I'll have that link in the show notes. And, you know, you want to maybe yeah. tell the people, what is Black Mental Project? What is this? All right, so um, I'm currently in graduate school to um, attain my license as a mental health counselor. I felt the need um to move forward in this as my calling i feel like it's truly my purpose um mm -hmm. and i ran away from it for a really long time um but given the 
given the current state of the economy and the racial tensions between African Americans and Africans, uh, people who are directly from and you know related to um, Africa and United States and the tensions that we have going on, we don't have a space to talk about that or should I say the space isn't big enough. So I want to be a contributor to the space. And that's what I decided to do is to create a space for that. Um, I work in the community. I do substance abuse counseling. Um, Currently as an intern, I do vocational rehabilitation counseling. Um, And mixed with my substance abuse counseling, I do work in a little bit of mental health counseling, Mm -hmm. though I'm not solely mental health counseling right now mm-hmm. um that is what my primary focus is in okay. um so black mental project is basically acts of service um for black people specifically african americans uh those in the diaspora whatever you black it's <laughs> a space for you to be um, this is a space where you're welcome um, to receive any service that I have, as well as to be a part of any services that I do throughout the community, which I have been a part of. That's a little bit about the Black Mental Project. <laughs> well, very good. Well, I'm, and folks, again, the links will be in the show notes if you want to reach out and get more information or like the post or anything. I want people to be able to find you if they can help contribute in any way. That would be amazing. <laughs> Oh my God! Sure, okay. Yeah, talk to me. <laughs> good, good, good. Cause I, yeah, that's yeah. how I found you. Actually, was on Instagram, and it was just so. Again, this is carefree black nerd approved. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, gotcha. Yeah. All that being said, Black Panther. I guess before getting into the meat of the conversation, how did you like the movie? How did you dislike the movie? Or any favorite characters or anything like that? Who disliked Black Panther? <laughs> no one has disliked Black Panther. Uh, okay, let's go there. <laughs> I love Black Panther. I wanted to see it twice. I was very devastated that I did not get to see it a multitude of times that mm-hmm. I wanted um, because of some scheduling conflicts. But I saw it. I loved it. About pride twice, maybe. Time, more times where I was on the edge of my seat. It was just a wonderful movie, beautiful to see us portrayed yes. um, in our own fucking space, yes. doing our thing. Like, I think that that's why we want to see it 10, 12, 13, 20 times, <laughs> is because we got to see ourselves being great, doing mm. and being black magic. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes. Yeah, speak on it. And that's why we've now made it, what, $1 billion, like, already, yes, like, in four I weeks? Yes, this morning, $1 ah, billion. Dollars. Which is like, yes. and again, and I'm trying not to diverse too much, but again, when people say women and people of color don't sell, they know they're lying, what? but this is just another... They know they're lying. Like, <laughs> ah, they they know that's a yeah. lie. Because if that was the case, you wouldn't put these black people and Asian and Hispanics who have two... Two two minutes worth of film time in the posters mm-hmm. for movies to draw people in. Mm-hmm. So let's let's our be buys, real. Our power is great. <laughs> yes, our buying true, power is true. Great. You said it. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm just I'm I'm still riding this high. Like, I'm <laughs> and oh, that's man. What, yeah, that's what it is. Um, I've heard a lot of people speak about the greatness and why they feel as though so many. Um, African-American people are attracted to the movie and why they feel, you know, there are all these theories going around about why, why we got to go see it so many times. Why do we identify, 
with Shuri? You know, why do we identify with Lupita's character so mm -hmm. much? You know, all of these things. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, because it's greatness. What do yes. you mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> Honestly, yes. And even if this movie was like a full Asian cast. It was just an amazing movie that me as a black man, I right. still, I think I still would enjoy. So, you know, to come down on this. Right. The same and, we, uh, yeah. yeah. The same way we in, in, enjoy all other Marvel movies. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Where we're not <laughs> predominantly casted. Yes. We enjoyed the hell out of those things. Oh hell, my God. Marvel done bought the rights to Fantastic Four, so mm -hmm. you know that's gonna be incredible. Look, look, like, look. We, we are about to be doing some things. <laughs> I'll get my like, suit ready if, now. <laughs> right, we, we geek out on things just because they're fantastic. So mm -hmm. then to see ourselves um, portrayed, it just yeah. makes us identify even more, and we mm -hmm. wanna be a part of that. So, right, right. yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so uh, all the negativity surrounding the film from people who. Are quick to question why do we like it? It's like all that aside. Let's just pull out them receipts for that one billion dollars and then move on to yeah. the next Black Panther film. Show them the tagline. Yep. Look, because uh, I'm I'm convinced Infinity War will be Black Panther too. No. <laughs> well, it's already it's already been confirmed that there will be sequels. So right. you, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna need the um, original five hours that they said. Absolutely, to the two hours. yes. I would like, I would like the five hour film. Let me show you how. Look, I will be here. I will be present. <laughs> Same here. Same here. I'm gonna buy snacks. Look, what? What's my snack? Right, Please, right. Good <laughs> lord, and that that just warms my heart. Oh my god, um. But yeah, getting into the yes. the discussion, um, <laughs> there are a couple yes. points I want to touch on. Um, the first of which yes. being uh, Shuri. I'd like to kind of get your take on Shuri and then kind of by extension the other women of Wakanda. But starting off with her, Shuri being a black woman untouched by <laughs> colonization. Is Shuri what black girls and black women could be in America if we didn't have such a complex past? <laughs> um, what's funny is uh, I thought about that when I was watching the movie because, of course, in Wakanda, you don't have the colonization, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When she saw um, what's his character? Evan Ross. When she, yeah, when she saw Evan Ross and she said, don't scare me like that colonizer. She's familiar with the territory, right? Mm -hmm. She's familiar with what they do, what they're capable of being. Yes. But it still didn't change who she was as a woman. So mm -hmm. it's like, okay, what you do have, like you said, is someone who's been, she's been exposed to, but not penetrated by. Yes. What uh, colonization does to a people. And she is, like, a lot of people were like, oh, she's so innocent and she's so free. And she, she is, she is that spirited carefree black girl black girl magic mm -hmm. that everybody wants to think she does not have to worry about fighting that internal struggle against whiteness and mm -hmm. africanness mm -hmm. she does not have to do that so yes we look at her and we're like oh i wish my daughter could be like her mm -hmm. oh i wish it was her because it's phenomenal to see a black woman in everything she wants to be she's allowed to be herself amongst her family and amongst men 
Yes. Even though there was the misogyny in the movie <laughs> in terms of that she has her technological advances and that, that's not something that a woman could be. But it still doesn't hold her back. Right, you know what right. I mean? She's right. still found and strained by that. But yeah, she is. Sure, she is who we wish we could be untouched by colonization not having to be um, having that two-in-ness internally fighting against tightness, fighting against Africanness and trying mm-hmm. to find that middleman between. She gets to live in her truth, man, all day. Mm-hmm. I wish. <laughs> Look, I wish. Yes. I And again, I was watching it, and of course, I don't have the lived-in experience of an African woman or African-American, but just watching her from the outside looking in, I was just like, this is because I think she's portrayed as 15 or 16 in the film. And I'm just like, aside yeah. from her, like, scientific, like, genius, mm-hmm. just a lot, just the scenes with her just in her little shirt and different hairstyle, like, she just seems so normal. Like a normal that <laughs> we should be able to have. Because, <laughs> golly. I, yeah, I mm-hmm. loved it. I loved seeing her. And... Mm-hmm. by our village in that capacity um, so we don't uh, feel so much as the penetration or that colonization, we don't feel that whiteness yeah. being brought upon us living in that space and for those of us who were brought up in that village, I'm not one of them, <laughs> by the way mm-hmm. but for those, <laughs> for those of us who can identify as her I'm sure that that was a beautiful breath of fresh air yeah you know what i mean to Mm -hmm. to see oh snap so i could really go beyond the borders of which i've even already created for myself Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. you like like you said it i mean that's who we should be it's the sense of normalcy that we see when we look at these characters um and something for our mental man period the movie did something for our mental that nobody (laughs) gonna be able to shut that down um, period. No yeah. one is ever, no one's going to be able to take that away from us. So, yeah. yeah. I, one of the things that I really like about this movie, and I've said it before, so I know my listeners probably getting tired of hearing it, but the fact that this film is a Marvel film and it yes. exists in this space where we have, say, like an old episode of Living Single, they might reference Vampire in Brooklyn or uh, The Color Purple. We now have a Marvel <laughs> film that I'm pretty sure be it season three of Insecure, season five of Atlanta, some type of way this will be brought into the conversation as a black film. Mm -hmm. But it's a Marvel film. But it's a black-ass film. Like, what? (laughs) That's just, that's something amazing. And it's, though these characters may have been created by white people, because that's always the first argument, they've been handled by people of color. And even if they were only handled by white people, that doesn't change the fact that these are people of color on screen getting checks and entertaining us so man oh god okay <laughs> it's a kind of yeah, uh, yes, people did have conflict with that but it doesn't change it doesn't change what has been created mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. the impact that it will hold for generations to come right. i don't change that yeah that's and that's it's and it's and that really bothers me when people say things like that because it's like yes there are black creators and creative of color who are out here making things but for black panthers who have been created i believe back in the 60s 
uh, don't shoot me nerd group. But um, for them to be created <laughs> back then, black people, we didn't have a comic book company. There weren't a lot of black indie creators back then. So this is just a side effect of the times. We have a character that's loved, though created by white people, was created during the time where racial tensions in America, not that they've gotten much better, were very bad. So it's like, what do you yeah, expect? Yeah, I think a lot of you know, um, it isn't just target at the, uh, the community of those of us who pay attention specifically to uh, comic book dealings and, mm-hmm. you know, things of that. I think a lot of people in general take, they don't take, um, they don't take stock in the fact that we still live in white space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? We still live in white space in some way, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. They are going to penetrate our borders because yeah. we are in their space. Mm-hmm. As 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 hard as we try to create these spaces that, that are so for us, we still live in their space. Mm-hmm. And while while we think that many of us do, you know what I mean, it doesn't away from the fact that um, they are going to have some sort of influence in some way. Mm-hmm. Ava. Ava DuVernay is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful director, creator, creative. Mm-hmm. That's just phenomenal things right now for Black people. Yeah. Her most prominent, her most prominent work right now um, is, of course, you know, a Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. But for her sitcom wise, Queen Sugar, what that does for Black people, what that does for Black people, mm-hmm. Mitchell, she mm-hmm. has white women that she allows to help direct yeah. and produce that. Yeah. She yeah. gave that space. You know, what I mean, she created mm-hmm. a space for black people, but she also gave gave space for white people. So I don't think, um, I don't think that the talk around Black Panther being, you know, pushed out by Disney and all this other stuff, I don't think that that still changes the meaning that it has. It doesn't change the fact that whoever created it back in the '60s, '50s, or whatnot mm-hmm. um, may have been white. That, like you said, it doesn't change it. it yeah, at it's, all. But it, because look, under that logic, it's a lot of cereal we shouldn't be eating, a lot of movies we shouldn't watch, a lot of clothes we shouldn't be wearing because oh, we're not. So it's just like, yeah, There's a lot and, of stuff we shouldn't even own. Listen, because oh my god! But that aside, um, <laughs> moving a little further with the meat and potatoes, yeah. um, let's discuss Killmonger. Yeah. What What are your yeah. thoughts on, <laughs> on the mm-hmm. not so prodigal son of Wakanda? <laughs> So what we have is Eric Killmonger Stevens, mm-hmm. uh, the quote unquote son of a uh, son of an immigrant who was living in the United States in Oakland. Yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> this is how he was introduced to us. This mm-hmm. boy who grew up in the hoods of Oakland, like who wants to, um, who probably lived all his life struggling to find his people yeah literally mm-hmm. um he's seen as an outsider to wakandans in the united states as an african-american he's seen as a damn outsider we mm-hmm. live in the space and we are outsiders we feel, yes. as out- we feel like outsiders as african-americans so he's he's living in 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 a space where he's an outsider to both entities in which he quote-unquote belongs to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. come on how, how do you think that that feels <laughs> as an African American man. I, I don't know what kinds of African American men are, but I can think of them. Like he came to Wakanda 
kicking ass and taking names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he, you saw him up so many characters. He said he wanted the throne. He didn't want nothing less. And he felt like he was there to collect his forty acres in a mule. Yes, and he yes. didn't care what nobody had to say about that. <laughs> so what we see is a character um, that has struggled for his identity to be located. Mm-hmm. Um, for African American people, and that's literally the only that I see from. It's a mm-hmm. good book by Thomas A. Parham, who's um, he has a PhD in psychological studies. Mm-hmm. He has the book Talk About. Um, African Americans existing in the world of whiteness, yeah. and how we do struggle between two-ness, um, and how we often decide to try to take refuge in the middle ground between each worldview. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's exactly what Eric did, and he says that he did that. He discussed how he went and he went into the service, mm-hmm. and he was a sniper, and he did all these. But yet he still marked his body as the tribe he belonged to did yeah. they would kill when they would kill people. You know what I mean? So yes. he, he was literally living in both worlds mm-hmm. and fighting for his in between that. Um, he also dual consciousness um, okay. about who you belong to, where you belong. It's mm-hmm. hard for you to find psychological peace and comfort, which is why he was so enraged. Yeah. And we didn't see really a calmness in him until the end where he made that great statement that everybody is going to put on their tombstones. <laughs> but a rest Yes. Yes. You are putting this on your tombstone. Bury me in the ocean where my ancestors jump on the ships because they knew death instead of their bodies. Yes. We couldn't get there. It will be on obituaries forever. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, we got to see that with him. And um, that that space that he was allowed to exist in a lot of people think like oh he was very toxic he was this and he was that but you have to break down um you have to break down from a mental health perspective psychologically where he was what he experienced mm-hmm. as an african-american in oakland whose father died when he was young mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. where his where he came home and walked into his apartment that he shared with his father who was selling quote-unquote drugs and vibranium mm-hmm. um he saw his father's body right there imagine what system he went into after right. it was found you know by social services that this child was left without a parent where did he go he mm-hmm. went into the system of foster care you know what i mean like yeah. we have to think about that and we have to think about the impact that that has on African-American children, we see the consequences of that daily. So how, I think, to me, how dare we um, sit there and judge him and say, oh, he's this and he's that, and it's right that they disown him, X, Y, and Z. But it's like, do you, have you taken the time to analyze and from a compassionate point, look at who he is, what he's gone through, and the fact that he is truly struggling to identify because he feels like he don't belong in either space. Right. But he know that in one space, one space he couldn't dominate and that is the world of the united states of america and he was like that ain't gonna work yeah. so i'm gonna go back to wakanda and right. i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be who i'm gonna be there <laughs> like <laughs> that's in my opinion that's kind of where where he that's that's where he was at like i can't like i said give you the perspective of a black man but i would love to hear what you think um or how you perceived him Killmonger coming up in there taking names um, and 
And do you think that I guess it's right for his mental health to have been considered? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I um okay. I enjoyed him as a character. Um, mm-hmm. I see certain moments, things he did, like you know, choking up that old lady and shooting a uh, yeah, that girlfriend. Was wrong. But those aside, I think you have to. You can't look at those and judge him off of those um, solely on those two events because if we're looking at this movie as if this world exists and we just happen to have the opening credits and the ending credits, but these people's lives existed before. Like you said, Killmarker is mm-hmm. very much a reflection of what a lot of us go through on a daily. Be you mm-hmm. a gay male who has to kind of hide your um, sexuality from yeah. the outside world. Be you a mm-hmm. black guy who's six feet tall and solid and everybody's pushing this sports narrative on you, but you want to I don't know, um, you know, paint or do ballet. Like, you have so many different... Right, I was going to say, you want to be an artist. Right, right. As a black person, you're already um, Mm -hmm. political just by existing. And then as being a black male, you're really not to (laughs) disregard the impact that black women have had and the things that black women have had to go through. But as a black male, speaking from that perspective, there's nothing that you can do that will not be um, scrutinized politicized, um, thought to be aggressive. I can yawn in some basketball shorts shirtless on my front lawn and that's still aggressive to someone. So, you know, I, uh, I, I agree with Killmonger. Um, I feel like this movie only gave us so much time. So the rapidness that he, you know, kind of exhibited, I get that. But I think if this had been broke down into like a Netflix series of 13 episodes, you would empathize more with right, him on the Luke whole. Cage, can we, huh? Can we, can we get it like Luke Cage? Can we? Yeah. Like, I would like a prequel season. <laughs> like, give me like five episodes of what he did before. You know, in between finding his dad dead and then him showing up at the museum. Like, what happened in between that time? Yeah. That could give you more insight on this black man and the shit he went through. I think a lot of it was justified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree because, like, like I just uh, he uses his knowledge of being an African American, his African American, and then he's trying to reclaim his tradition. Yeah. To create uh, a space where he, you know, or his stuff, like he literally a bridge between two worlds. Yes. Like, he saw, he saw, what What would you consider that? The Wakandan aircraft. Yeah. Go. His friends, they saw that. So he knew, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He was knowledgeable. Father taught him probably so many things. Yeah. We need to see the prequel. Okay. Somebody started petitioning. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Right. We need that. It would be nice. So it, it would, would be, be nice. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Oh my god, yes, yeah. Killmonger was mm-hmm. yeah, I, I enjoyed him. Like and I enjoyed that um a lot of his story was kind of played around with with Ryan, like um in the comics he isn't part of the royal family. Um he also grew up in Harlem, not in Oakland. But the things that Ryan did to alter this character made sense with the film. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna be like, Oh, he's supposed to be from Har-. you know, I'm not gonna harp on it. Um, but I think Ryan did a really good job you know, in capture. You know, Ryan had to go ahead and take him from Oakland. Right, right. And that's what I was saying. Like, yeah, it would only make sense. Like, it would only make sense that that man would say, okay, this is my hometown. 
But um, even down to the soundtrack, like Kendrick Lamar had full control over the whole what? soundtrack. So like, mm-hmm. that's right. all him. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, right. I also like that with Ryan doing this film, it kind of feels like <laughs> this is the trilogy where um, I'd say the very beginning of Black Panther was like the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to Fruitville Station as being Killmonger's adolescence. And then we move forward to Creed, yes. which is Killmonger's like yes. early adult yes. years. Yes. And then we pop up at the uh, museum. <laughs> so yeah, this is the trilogy Yo, that he's doing. You right now. You blew my mind. Yeah, because I, I even think um, like with him shooting that girl, and again, this is all fan fiction, but with him shooting yes. that girl, I, I saw that as, okay, if this is the trilogy, in Creed, um, what's the homegirl name? Is that um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter? Zoe Kravitz, yeah. That, yeah they, oh, no. You talking about Creed? That's yeah. Thompson. What's that? Thompson? Okay. Well, I get that at the end yeah. of the film, I'm going to assume that they had a horrible breakup. And so when he started dating that woman it was the sole purpose of kind of like killing off his ex so it's just like like i'm sitting down and going through the whole thing trying to piece it together look look so yeah ryan ryan did that (laughs) oh my god um so with that uh do do you got a little bit more time or do we need to wrap up Okay, so um, as it pertains to okay, uh, to Claw and Evan Ross, to the way I saw them were two sides of the same coin, where Claw was white supremacy and Evan Ross was the white savior. Does that ring true to you, or did you view them in a different light? Or yeah, I'm gonna need a little bit more about uh, African Claw. I've never of it in that, I guess, terminology. Well, yeah. Um, I, I, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Well, so with Claw. Gonna... No, oh, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I've heard of the whole white savior thing, but I want a little bit, I need a little bit more details about this African Claw. And this well, the it, well, just in general, um, he's white and he's existing. Um, add to that the aggressiveness <laughs> of it. <laughs> right. In America. But <laughs> his aggressiveness with um one he's the he's the thing that came into wakanda and stole the vibranium so that's partially colonizing and taking that's the history of what they've done and then his arm his arm is part vibranium and part stark tony stark technology so again you're and though it may be a reach, you've taken something that is black and you've altered it to fit your needs, much like yeah, black okay. girls being called out for having their baby hairs, but then Katy Perry can put on a wig with baby hairs and be praised for it. You know, or Lakeisha do down the street can't have green braids, but Beth Ann down up the road, she can have, you know, green bangs and that's all okay. So it's like you're taking, right. you're appropriating this black culture to suit yourself, to kind of boost us. It's I just... Everything about him seemed aggressive and threatening to my blackness. So was that the character? Was that his name? That was the character's name? That wasn't his name. Yeah, Ulysses Claw. Mm-hmm. Ulysses Claw. Yeah. Okay, because I'm like, 
I didn't think that African. Excuse me, what is you talking about? Okay, you know they wanted now that rings a bell for me. Yeah, Yeah, that was absolutely disgusting. His Uh. character, I wish that would have shot him up um, in the club scene. But when she snatched off that wig, I wish that wig would have had something in it. Um, Look, where he was at, I wish it would have flown to where he was at. It would have took on a mind of its own, and it would the small face off or something. Yes, Um, that essentially would have been the best thing. Um, But yes, you're absolutely correct. The prominence of white people consistently taking from black people um, and manipulating it to be its own and mm-hmm. then calling it a new a new thing yes. for the culture, mm-hmm. for their culture, which is non-existent. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty interesting uh, to see how this movie portrayed that. Yeah. Um, and it allowed for it for a second. I really, it allowed for literally the concept of white supremacy to exist in a person Mm-hmm. To, for you to see, like you said, him steal uh, from us, add in a little bit of that Tony Stark magic and make it his own. <laughs> and then you have other black people supporting him yes. throughout this film. God, isn't, yes. that, isn't that an interesting Look. thing that they did? Ryan yes. really did something with that one. And mm-hmm. then for for all things Killmonger to have been a supporter of him at first, mm-hmm. just to kill him in the end. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Very like, much so. <laughs> It, that that in and of itself is interesting. I was waiting honestly to see what was going to take place with Evan Ross, but I I I can't say that I I'm glad and allowed. Um, I'm glad that they allowed for him to exist in the space that they did. But mm-hmm. part of me is mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he didn't come in as this white guy who needed to save every right. single person. Mm-hmm. What he did was come in as this white guy who thought he knew some stuff. Yeah. He got shut down. <laughs> and then he needed to be saved because yeah. T'Challa is so, so empathetic. Yeah, very much <laughs> and, then, um, and then he's over in Wakanda and he's like shut down every avenue that he tries to stake yes. um, to make his presence known in. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad that they allowed for that to I'm glad that they allowed for that to exist. Yeah. Um because it, it's needed. They they need to know that they cannot <laughs> come into our space and do what they used to do. Yeah. No, no. No. I loved every bit of it from uh, the Jabari tribe barking at him because apparently they're Omega yeah. Sapphires and uh, yeah. <laughs> the colonizer yeah. comment. Like, I loved, I loved the way he oh, was yeah. handled. And like you said, I, yeah. though I did not, I would prefer him to not be in this film. Exactly. I, I, I get it. Not, exactly. It's like, I would prefer for you not to exist, but because you do, you're getting bashed the way you are. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you've served your purpose. Yeah, you've served your purpose, which made a statement in terms of what we do for ourselves yes. and how we can evoke ourselves over you, over you, except instead of the oppositional, which is usually them evoking their dominance over us or right. their quote-unquote authority over right. us. Right. We've, We've done that. We've had the space to do that. And we did it on fucking film. <laughs> yes, yes. In like, a two hour. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that, oh my we God. We did it on film. Which is just yeah. amazing. And I um had to talk before that, though I don't want him to exist, I'm glad that he's white in the sense that if he was a black character, it would make no sense for him not to say, None. pack up my family and bring them here. Because I'm not leaving. You None. know, like it would make right. no sense. So 
you know, I still wish he could have been like Mexican or Asian or something, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Do you think it would have played the same though? It would not have. It would not have. But just for me visually, I would just prefer to see no white people. <laughs> but I get, I get it, I get it, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not upset over it. Uh, but he's also okay. <laughs> kind of a tie to the rest of the Marvel universe, much like the very end credit scene with uh, Bucky. So I get that, and I'm okay with that. I'm just like, you know, yeah. you could have not existed and that would have been fine i oh, think geez. i'm gonna hope that for the sequel that they don't allow him to be this white savior between the un and wakanda yeah you know i'm yeah. gonna hope that's not what they do um because you know somebody can get hands on this and manipulate it a little bit and i'm really hoping that our brothers with sense do not break the sense that they have and yeah. give in for some dollars but you know i'm, I'm because kinda... I, I don't want to see Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I'm hopeful that it doesn't because yeah. we've made one billion in four weekends. I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty hopeful that Disney will stick with Ryan, or at the very least, be smart enough to stick with someone black. Say even go to Ava next, you know, if need be. But yeah, stick with somebody who can tell our can, stories. Yeah, can link up because you know that that would be beautiful. That would, would be, that would be that would be powerful. <laughs> yes, Lord, yes, and I would like to see a black one because I I want to say and forgive me if I'm wrong. I want to say she turned either turned it down or didn't think it made sense for her because she wasn't a black male. Um, I would love to see a black mm-hmm. woman direct the Dora Milaje. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were phenomenal, but just to think mm-hmm. of how they would be maybe even more nuances if they had have been handled by a, a woman director, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that it would have been phenomenal, but we did get to see a lot of strength. And mm-hmm. even with it being done by a man, we got to see a lot of vulnerability mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. men and women. Yes. Like, yes. yeah, that was that was good. That was really good. Yes. I didn't expect for a lot of the, the jumps and turns to be what they were in terms mm-hmm. of how, you know, the scenes played out between characters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a man did this. Yeah. He took his time <laughs> was like, I'm going to allow for this to happen. Yeah. That's, that was awesome. But mm-hmm. I think you're right to see the, the um, Dora Milaje, those characters being held and crafted by a woman in the sequel might... Uh, it might blow our heads. Yes, yes. It might really do that. Yeah. God, I would love that. Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess um, maybe lastly, touching on Angela Bassett, she did not have as much time on the (laughs) film. And I think that's a testament to that four hour original film that Ryan had. Can we get it? That look, can, can we, we get please? it, Ryan? <laughs> that Ryan, was cut. Can, what are you doing, Ryan? I don't look even, <laughs> I'm ready for the Blu ray, <laughs> the D V D, the bootleg, the cloud, all of it. I want it all. <laughs> like seriously, I'm like what happened to the five hours that we were originally promised? <laughs> right. Because if, um, what is it, Transformers can get a three-hour movie every time they release, which is not good. Uh, not give us necessary. a three-hour, three-and-a-half, four-hour movie. Like, I'll, I'll call out a can word. Can you emphasize not good again, please? Yeah, not good. Tor- he- like terrible. The, uh, <laughs> them, between them and Fast and Furious, they, uh-uh, no, no, no. Right. Uh, can we, can Just we, trash. Can we please? Like, seriously. So, I, I want our five-hour release. I don't care if they do it straight to DVD. You know that they're right. going to be sold out like crazy. Right. But even if they give us the five-hour release on DVD and then they come on 
for the sequel. Like, because you know it's going to take them forever to yeah. do the sequel. <laughs> right, it, right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take them forever to do the sequel. So, um, in the meantime, we'll have some some wonderful uh, films coming out between that. But we need we need yeah. that Black Panther five hours. I yeah. need to be able to uh, watch that and see more of Angela Bass's character because I thought honestly I was thought I was gonna see her more on screen. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I was surprised. I was surprised to not have. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh Yeah. Okay. That's I, I have to believe that there's more in that four hour uh cut that she had more of a prominent role. She had to have like because in the comics she's like, yeah, and I was, right there. Mm-hmm. Probably her and um we probably would have gotten to see a lot more of Nakia. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, in her and T'Challa's relationship, and yeah. you know, we probably would have gotten to see a lot more of of both of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that 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 would have been good. That would be awesome, should I say? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, and I'm there. I'm co-signing because I think uh, even with like Wakabi and Okoye, I'm sure we would have gotten more of their relationship fleshed out because though they were together, it didn't seem. Together, and yeah. I need to know what was up because when he was coming at her with them rhinos, yeah. When I tell you, I was on the edge of my seat. Like I know he's not really fighting his wife right now. Right, I know right, he's not right. Doing it. I, know, I was like, I know Ryan didn't really let this come to film. I know mm-hmm. he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Given, given where we are right now in terms of oh, right, right, black right. women and black men, mm-hmm. just. In life and right now, and just the climate between black men and black women, mm-hmm. and then to see this being played on film, I was like, "Oh, he played too much." <laughs> and then when it came to his end, I was like, "Okay, good, okay." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That I just, oh god, this was such a phenomenal film. I it really was. Yes, God, it was and a- it's it's so many, so many, and it's something to take. You can take something from everyone. Like there has to be at least one character that you you know, identify with or feel like, oh, you know, maybe I've done something like that or I could be like this person. Like, this was damn good, period. It was. It was. It was was a phenomenal movie. I'm glad that it came out when it came out. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I'm glad that it allowed us to um, escape reality a bit. It allowed us to experience that bit of escapism mm-hmm. um, in the social political climate that we're in right now, yes. the racial political climate. I'm glad it allowed us to do that. It was just an overall phenomenal film. Overall phenomenal. <laughs> yes. You ain't Fair. lying. <laughs> so uh, thanks Ryan Fair. and uh, the cast and crew and, and costume yes. designers and set designers, all that. Thank yeah. you for bringing this world to yes. life. <laughs> what? Oh my you God. You are appreciated. Yeah, very much so. Uh, play some Tupac here. No. Uh, right. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Okay. So, do you have any um, kind of final thoughts or things you wanted to touch on before we wrap up this dope, amazing session we have here? Um, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Uh, to think <laughs> that my commentary would be enough uh, for, your, for your audience. Um, I really want to thank you for that because... I haven't had the opportunity to discuss in depth with any of my close circle Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. Black Panther has done and influenced for us. So I'm interested to see what your audience uh, is going to, you know, have to say about our commentary. If they agree or they disagree, (laughs) Uh, I think that this this is going to open up great dialogue um, for our community of people. So. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> right, right. And, thank you and, and thank for contributing you. this. No, thank you for agreeing because I, I was on pins and needles like, oh, I wish she said yes. But um, 
<laughs> but no, thank you so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. Uh, my listeners, they hear me all the time. I'm always trying to get other people on, and especially black women, um, women in general, but specifically black women, because my platform, I'm trying to boost as much as possible. Um, if you ever want to come on and discuss anything, it could be the Rugrats or it could be the Walking Dead. I don't care. Come on. You're more than welcome back at any time. Any, any time. Oh, my gosh. You know what? <laughs> I really would love to come back and um, discuss Luke Cage when it comes back. I'm, oh. I've been itching for that for so long, to be honest. I'm like fiending for Luke Cage. <laughs> hurry up June 22nd. Yes. Listen. Simone Missick's character. Yes. Uh, we, yes. need, we don't need to talk about this. Her yes. arm is going to be robotic. This is going to be it's off vibra- the That's vibranium. That's a vibranium arm. Like that's not even. You know it. Look. There so. You, there you go. You know it. So I mean, oh. you don't yes. look. If you want to come back, you can. Like I, I can lock you in. Like look, you know, whatever you want. Episode you want to discuss. If you want to do the whole thing, I'm down. Like I you, you have that spot. So if you want to uh, come back and discuss it, just I'm, I'm down. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes indeed oh my god okay so tell the folks where they can find you and all that good stuff so um, they can know where you are of course of course again I can be found on Instagram at Black Mental Project I'm working to um, expand my platform right now trying to figure out which one I guess would be best best for utilization but right now I can be found on Instagram only my handle is Black Mental Project B-L-K M-E-N-T-A-L project and this is alexis cook graham signing off (laughs) well thank you so much and thank you everyone out (laughs) there again these links will be on the show notes so you can find miss alexis and follow up with her let her know how much you loved everything she had to say because i'm sure yes everyone will agree with you (laughs) Um, don't fight me don't fight me look look yeah calm down are you diehard <laughs> nerds? Just not. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, again, um, this is the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. Um, make sure you hit me up, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Use the hashtags RTWPod, CBNPod. Uh, find me on Twitter, Carefree Blurred, Instagram, and every other social media at Carefree Black Nerd. And as always, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and we out.